This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. All right. It's almost March 1st. Leap day gets in the way a little bit sometimes. I'm checking in on you. How are those New Year's resolutions going? You've had a couple of months. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. Fact. You should embrace the guilt. At least a little. Jenny Bovard is thinking about guilty pleasures. Jenny is the host of the Low Vision Moments podcast. Hey, good morning, Jenny. Good morning, Dave. Jenny, what got guilty pleasures on your radar? Well, as you hinted at, I really think that this is the time of year when many of us are checking in on our goals and resolutions that we've set for 2024. And in my case, I have cleverly dubbed this year 2020 more. I want to do a little less work. I want to work a little less and I want to get out of my neighborhood and do some exploring a lot more. But so far this year, illness, some badly timed weather events, including today where my power is out this morning (laughs) and lack of motivation. Sometimes we have a lack of funds these days. All of these excuses, contributing factors have me still very much living vicariously through a lot of my guilty pleasures, Mm, I would call them. mm. The immersive podcasts, the frivolous TV shows, and I'm still doing that more than I had hoped to be doing this time of year heading into the month of March. But there is also a little bit of shame, a little guilt associated with that. So naturally, Dave, I wanted to go and do some research about guilty pleasures. And I turned to the library of Google and a really interesting, so many definitions of guilty pleasures were found. But one nice introductory one I thought was something such as a movie or a piece of music that one enjoys despite feeling that it's not generally held in a high regard. And one other interesting thing In the 1990s, that's when we think this term really picked up steam, the term guilty pleasure. How toxic were we in the 1990s? Oh, my gosh, so toxic. (laughs) Some people think the term guilty pleasure should actually be retired altogether. But let's get into more of that. Oh, mm. Uh, yeah, Jenny, I I know what you mean about maybe uh, some goals for the year being a smidge derailed. Y'all have had a brutal winter in Halifax. I've just had, like, my life collapse around me so it's thrown me off a little bit uh that said i've still had a couple of my things i'm lifting i'm lifting weights at a pretty good clip here to start the year i'm definitely getting my fruits and veggies in like i wanted to my weekly trip to the sauna however has uh somewhat fallen uh off the radar here uh i've also been indulging in some guilty pleasures mostly cheese uh jenny what's the benefit of a bit of indulgence Well, the good news, Dave, is there's no real harm in most of our guilty pleasures, including the sauna. That sounds very healthy to me. Mm, Not mm. a guilty thing at all. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean to frame that as a guilty. I'm just guilty that I haven't been doing it enough. Oh, that's a resolution. Yes, Uh of course. uh Well, 
Some research participants have reported that they feel wary of what others might think of them for, for example, watching a TV show, like I mentioned earlier. And a really interesting quote they gave was, because there is, objectively speaking, nothing good about it. It's not held in high regard. But I'm still going to be watching the 90s X-Men cartoon series in my retirement, because guess what? Many psychologists believe that the guilt we feel associated with a guilty pleasure, it's just a way that we respond to the pressure of following what we perceive to be social norms. And you start thinking, what about my reputation? What are people going to think right, if I'm right. watching XYZ, spending my time doing something that's not so intellectually stimulating? And it's totally normal to feel, you know, a sense of you should be doing something more productive than maybe enjoying a video game, for example. <laughs> but Dave, what is the harm? If your Saturday afternoon is free, what is the harm in taking some time to enjoy that for an hour or so? But the main takeaway for me when I did my research was that a lot of guilty pleasures, psychologists say, actually help our brains to rest. Relative to the rest of our busy days, our productivity and our brains in general can really benefit from the relaxation that comes with kicking back mm -hmm. with that romance novel or that sitcom that I've seen in its entirety five times already. <laughs> I find that one. I find that one relatable a little bit too, Jenny. Uh, how many times have I seen the movie Casino? About 40? <laughs> and I don't know why I keep watching it, but I love it because it's a guilty pleasure. And it's also an excellent example of incredible cinema. Uh, Jenny, now, now there has to be a bit of a flip side here though, right? Um, I think about one of the things that I do enjoy doing, which is a little bit of gambling here and there. I like a little trip to the casino once every uh, few months or so, or maybe a spin of the roulette wheel when I'm uh, buying a lottery ticket here and there. But when does a guilty pleasure go a bit too far? What we understand to be those norms that I mentioned, right? The reason why we sort of feel that guilt or shame, what we understand to be acceptable and to be societal norms, they could actually be misunderstandings. We could be hiding things or lying to people in our lives for no good reason. There's this thing called pluralistic ignorance. And pluralistic ignorance refers to when someone endorses a norm in public or a belief in public, but they hold a completely different perception or belief privately. Mm. And they do that for the sake of appealing to those norms. But those norms, that judgment, that shame, it's actually an illusion. I don't think anyone's really going to think less of me because I enthusiastically, enthusiastically enjoy the great British baking show, right? So not being true to who you are, lying, sneaking around, those are obvious red flags to look out for. Um, after having read about it, I think it's more obvious for me. But if a guilty pleasure becomes something that's more of a problematic habit, if it's affecting our day-to-day -day lives, our responsibilities, maybe the people around us, you know, if those things are being affected, because of our guilty pleasure, uh, it could be more than a harmless guilty pleasure, right? And I think talking to someone about it could help you regain control there. Jenny, let's do one of my favorite things, which is power rankings. I want the your best for last. the best for last. I want your top three guilty pleasures. I've got my top three guilty pleasures. Let's go one at a time each. So number three on your board, Jenny. 
baked goods, Dave, particularly a nice cold glass of oat milk and any kind of oversized cookie. Oh, heck yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm there with you because my list also involves junk food, but I think where I'd land is the big old bacon cheeseburger. Just let me mow down on the trashiest fast food bacon cheeseburger that you can throw at me. Extra pickles, please. Jenny, number two. <laughs> If you don't want any of those pickles, I'll take them. By okay. the way. Uh, num- number two for me, I think this is going to maybe shock some people in my life if they're listening. Um, reality TV. I really enjoy competition survivalist type shows like Alone, Outlast, the classic Naked and Afraid. Oh. But here's my guiltiest. The guiltiest is Vanderpump Rules. I'm all wrapped up in this drama. <laughs> I'm so here for it. And I have to I have to give a little of an explanation. I thought it was going to be more about like the behind the scenes of the restaurant industry. And boy was I wrong. But I again I'm here for it now. Yeah, that, that show was became a cultural phenomenon last year. In fact, I haven't pressed play because I'm afraid I'm going to fall right into the trap. Uh, Jenny. I pay for a subscription to, to watch the most recent episodes. It's Maybe this one's a bit of a problem for me, but what's your number two? Number two for me, anybody who knows me well knows this, naps I love taking a nap. It takes a lot of my energy not to indulge in it every single day because it throws off my sleep schedule because ultimately I am an adult toddler. But I love me a nap. Jenny, on the weekends, I can go out for two, three hours on a Saturday afternoon and just feel delightful about it. I have to say I envy anyone who can take a solid nap it's not part of my it doesn't work with my body chemistry for some reason i can't nap but i'm so glad that you're able to enjoy your saturday <laughs> afternoon naps. oh, oh yeah it's, it's got to be a day where it won't throw off my sleep schedule though because the alarm goes off every day between 5 and 5 30 and if i'm going to the gym before that the alarm's going off at four o'clock in the morning so it's best that i don't throw myself off too much uh, during the week or else the whole operation falls apart jenny number one guilty pleasure I think people in my life should stop listening or watching right now because (laughs) number one is, I've never confessed this to anyone. I saved it for here today. Secret days off. So every now and then, Dave, I will book a random weekday off of all of my work commitments and I won't tell anyone else in my life. No one's trying to reach me. No one's trying to schedule anything with me. I'll go for a long run. Maybe I'll take myself out to lunch and have a nice cinnamon roll. And then I'll do some people listening, which is really just like people watching, but eavesdropping. And I just have a day to myself and no one is the wiser. Oh, I like that a lot. There's really something about a sneaky Tuesday or Wednesday off. It, It just elevates the whole week. It really is just so refreshing to just have a Jenny day, I would call it, right? And just do whatever I feel like doing. It's one of the reasons why I typically like traveling alone, Jenny, because I like being able to make plans on my own accord. Absolutely. 
that is maybe one of the, like, it's just one of the most refreshing things that, that I can do. And for you, take a nap when you feel like it, take a trip and do whatever it is you want to do on your own time. Jenny, you alluded to my number one earlier in this conversation. Then again, this might drift a little bit into the guilty pleasure going too far, but number one for me is binging video games for an entire day. Even as a 40-year-old man, you can still put me in front of my Xbox or my Xbox 360, and I will dive into the franchise mode of my college football team or my NHL hockey dynasty team, and I will just go wild, Jenny, where it's just a couple iced teas, maybe a little bit of candy, sitting on my fitness ball or my, my yoga ball or my chair, and just letting it fly for six or seven hours. I feel horrible afterwards, but in the moment, oh boy, so much stimulation. Well, good for you, Dave. Again, everything in moderation, right? It's not every day that we do take advantage of these little guilty pleasures, but it's, it's just, you just, you need it sometimes. And it's oh. that escape. It's allowing your brain to rest and, you know, maybe doing a little damage to the body sitting for that long. But again, <laughs> I envy you. My attention span is just not there. Um, it's just not there. Maybe a little Tetris for oh, yeah. 15, 20 minutes and I'm good. But we're, that's the beauty of, of, of this thing. There's these cultural norms that we're trying to appease. They're not really a thing. They're, you're not really hurting anybody. I like this. All right. A full-blown attack on hustle culture this morning. That's well done. Jenny Bovard, <laughs> you have yourself a lovely weekend. Thanks. You too. That's Jenny Bovard, the host of the Low Vision Moments podcast. In one minute, Laura Bain has the entertainment report. But first, Apple is scrapping its plans to build a car. Mike Tabuski has more in Tech Trends. From ABC News Tech Trends, the Apple car is dead. They've been pouring billions of dollars into this project for the past 10 years with nothing to show for it. 9 to 5 Max Chance Miller says Apple had been developing an electric car in one form or another since 2014. And over the intervening, what, 10 years, it's ebbed and flowed a lot. There have been rumors that its timeline's been moved up, moved back. The scale of the project has been increased and decreased. And it's just kind of been a mess of a project by all indications. The initial goal was was for a fully autonomous vehicle with no pedals or steering wheel. But Miller says those ambitions shrunk as Apple contended with the complexities of self-driving technology and car production in general. You have to factor in, okay, where are you going to sell the car? How are people going to charge the car? How are you going to service the car? You can't take an Apple car to an Apple store in a mall. Some of the 2,000 employees who worked on the project will move to Apple's artificial intelligence team. Others will reportedly be laid off. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Thank you very much, Mike. It took all my power as a broadcaster not to say that Apple is scrappling its plans for a car. Let's turn to the world of entertainment with Laura Bain. Laura, starting with some Juno news. There's some details emerging about what this year's ceremony and performance and broadcast are going to look like. Yeah, that's right. So hot off the presses this morning, it's been announced that Asanabi and Allison Russell will be part of a joint performance in tribute to Gordon Lightfoot and Robbie Robertson. Uh, there's 
also going to be a tribute to Carl Tremblay, the late singer of Quebec folk band Les Cowboys Frigants. I hope mm. I'm saying that right, by pianist Alexandra Strelinsky. And lastly, there will be a joint performance by Jeremy Dutcher and Alyssa P. happening at this year's Juno. So a lot to look forward to on March 24th. I love the idea that the Junos are not just a recap of a year of contemporary music in Canada, but an mm -hmm. appreciation of the overall Canadian music scene. You and I have talked about award shows a little bit and where they can find those appealing points to make me tune into a broadcast. And stuff like that that has an honest reflection on the landscape and legends that have built the empire that is Canadian music, that, that's the kind of stuff that's always going to get me excited. Oh, for sure. And it's also kind of a way of bridging artists from past generations to current artists, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Okay, uh, Laura, speaking of artists of the past, a little news here about Cindy Lauper. Yeah, so she has uh, just signed an agreement, which will see her giving rights to a majority of her music to Pop House Entertainment Group, which was co-founded by ABBA singer Bjorn Ulvaeus. I have to say, this is the entertainment report this morning with the most like pr <laughs> pronouncers I've ever looked up. <laughs> Put, putting your broadcaster bona fides to the test. Exactly. Uh, ABBA singer Bjorn Olvius. And uh, so this was the company behind the ABBA, ABBA Voyage concerts, uh, which featured virtual avatars or avatars, as they have <laughs> been dubbed, of the kind of group members looking as they did in 1979, but using recently recorded vocals and motion capture technology to record movements that they they did at a recent time but you know looking like they did 40 years ago um, and also a live on stage band but Cindy Lauper has something a little bit different in mind we don't have a lot of details yet but she said she would like to create an immersive theater piece that transports audiences to the New York she grew up in and that it will be about where she came from and the women who were influenced uh, influential on her life so dave we're going to go back to 1983 here for a minute get out your hairbrush to use as a microphone we have a clip to play of girls just want to have fun laura i did not have a hairbrush so i used my water bottle <laughs> That's going to be in your head for the rest of the, rest of the day. It really um, will. So watching that video this morning, you know, I could kind of imagine what she might have in mind for this performance because uh, the video is so 1980s New York. And uh, fun fact, it actually features her real mother playing herself, who is one of the women she said oh, inspired cool. her most. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I would definitely go see this if it was playing in a city where I was visiting or, you know, it's not going to come to Halifax, but if it came to Halifax, um, my hope is that it would be based in New York, and I think it would be a really fun thing to do as a tourist if you were visiting there. But what about yourself? Do you have any level of interest in seeing, like, quote-unquote live performances that are featuring avatars of performers? So I think on the avatar front as a live performance, I'm I'm not particularly interested. Listen, I thought the Tupac hologram a couple of years ago at, uh, at uh, it wasn't Bonnaroo, it was one of the major music festivals, was was cool and neat. And I know I know the Wu-Tang Clan incorporated it a little bit too with a few of their shows. I, you know, I, 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 I see the appeal, but maybe it's not for me. But I love the idea 
of artists creating immersive installations that mm -hmm. feature music and art and memories and spoken word. Uh, Pink Floyd took one across Canada last year that mm -hmm. apparently was marvelous. It was a total multi-sensory experience, sound and touch and smell. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you could possibly be smelling related to Pink Floyd. I couldn't, <laughs> well. th I couldn't think of a single thing, but maybe that's outside the venue. But I, I, something like that is where I really think the utilization of the access to an artist's music would really find, where I would really find it appealing. In fact, one of my biggest regrets is that I just kept missing that Pink Floyd exhibit. I was in Ottawa when it was in Toronto. I was in Toronto when it was in Montreal. I just kept missing it, and I'd ac I actually wish I'd, I'd been more deliberate to go check it out. Well, I suspect it would smell a lot like the time I went to go see Dark Side of the Moon here at the Oxford Theatre as a midnight movie. Um, very smoky in the air. But, uh, you know, I, I'm with you on that. I have no interest in seeing something like ABBA Voyage. But if it was an immersive theatre experience, like something different, it sounds like what she's trying to create, I would be interested in seeing that. Now, you know, whether I would pay the kind of money I would to see a live show is an interesting question because obviously ooh. there's a lot that goes into creating something like this. So I want to like recognize that aspect of it. But also there is something where you're like, maybe I'm going to pay a little bit less since I'm not actually seeing the performer. Oh, yeah. Price point would matter for sure. If you told me it was something like $20, maybe I'm going to be a little bit more appealing. But don't be charging me these $160, $250 concert prices for something like this. Hey, Laura. As always, I've kept you over time. You're so generous with your time. Have a lovely day. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Dave. That's Laura Bain at the Entertainment Desk. Coming up after the break, the province of Alberta has unveiled some of their new plans when it comes to renewable energy projects. I've got that story for you in the Regional News Update. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.